0: Hello and welcome to another of our Women in Business podcasts. I'm Jane Chan, editor of Small Biz Pod. Today I'm delighted to be meeting Tanya Weewe, who's chairman of Weewe Lifestyle International, which she co-founded with her husband Alan in 1989 to provide consultancy and management services at the high end of the market in Europe, Middle East, Far East and the United States. To give you a clue about the business my guest is in, I'm an avid fan of the sanctuary in London's Covent Garden, which is a place for women to chill out and have luxurious treatments that leave me positively glowing and refreshed. The Wee Ways are often referred to as the pioneers of the modern health farm movement and were, as early as the 1970s, promoting a holistic approach to well-being for both men and women. So who better to talk to us about how to successfully expand consultancy services internationally than Tanya, a lifestyle wellness and spa specialist and at the same time cheers up with some therapy during these difficult economic conditions. Welcome Tanya, to Small Biz Pod, and thank you for sharing your time and experiences which I'm sure will be inspiring to our listeners. Um, firstly can you tell us a bit about the operation of We Life, Lifestyle International which I understand offers consultancy and management services.
1: Yes. Um, by the way, it's we way. If you think in Scotland, we way down the road. So, ah. we way lifestyle uh, was formed 22 years ago, roughly. Mm-hmm. Um, and before that, we had been in the spa business for 20 years. So, I've been in the spa business for just over 40 years now. Um, and we formed a we way lifestyle so that we could provide consultancy services around the world to help people create wonderful spas um, in many different countries. And um, it's been a very exciting ride, <laughs> as you can imagine. Right, and what was the size of the company? Well, um, as I was sort of mentioning, we do have... Um, we've had different phases of our business where we've owned um, spas and operated them, and there we may have had about 200, 250 employees. Um, and then we sold properties and just purely concentrated on the consultancy work, and there we would have a relatively small team of about five six, seven or eight people Um, because also we would bring in um, other specialists to uh, assist depending on what the needs were of the the project we were working on. Did you ever think about franchising? We did at one stage but we felt what we do really well is is the top end of the market and um, I think it's quite difficult franchising to keep the quality, the control, the, the standards, the vision, and the and because it needs to be quite dynamic and always moving forward. You can't just do your manual and say this is it. Um, it's very much a living, um, breathing, throbbing business, really. And uh, so we then decided that wasn't for us the franchising. You were often referred to as the pioneers of
0: the modern health farm movement when in the 1970s you were promoting a holistic approach to well-being and you were encouraging men and women into health and teaching and treating and demonstrating how health can be fun, and uh, long before this became a vogue. Since then, there have been many imitators and competitors. So how have you adjusted your marketing techniques and spend to stay on top of
1: the game? Um, well, you have to, one, you have to read a lot, you have to visit places a lot, you have to talk to people a lot, you have to keep a very open mind, and of course you also have to um, be creative um, but, and innovative. But also, it helps tremendously if you really love what you do. Because um, I remember somebody telling me once, to be really successful in business, you need a VPA. And it stands for vision, passion, and action. And some people have one or even two of those three, but a lot of people don't have all three of them. When you can put the three of those together, then it's incredibly powerful. Some people are great visionaries. They have lots of wonderful ideas. They dream beautiful dreams, but they don't make it happen. They don't action it. Um, Some people actually uh, rush around doing lots of action, but they don't stand back and see the bigger picture. Uh, So if you can see the bigger picture, be uh, innovative and creative. And then if you can add that passion element as well, something you absolutely love and you feel so incredibly passionate about it, that transmits to the people you employ. It transmits to your clients. Um, It transmits to the media when you're you're sort of, uh, I mean, really, when I was at Champneys and my husband, um, we spent hardly any money on advertising. Um, Most of our um, business came from repeat or referral business So a satisfied client wanting to come back or tell their friends about us or both. Um, And by networking and by um, media, by getting good PR uh, media coverage. And um, we had sort of all... About 85% of our business came that way. So it sounds like to me, over
0: a 20-year period, you oversaw the expansion of the famous chain of Chapney spas and health clubs, uh, but you sounds as if you didn't do any market research at all.
1: You just relied on instinct? No. What happened when we first went into Chapneys, which is really in itself a fascinating story, because Chapneys actually opened as a nature cure resort in 1925, and um, when we went there in 1972, it was a rundown, old-fashioned, bankrupt business. Um, and it was quite fascinating when we got to the front desk and started talking to the chaps working on the front desk. Between the three of the chaps there, Fred, Charles and Don, they'd been there 120 years. Wow. Um, And so we were coming into this business that needed a huge shake up Mm. and and to be completely turned over. Um, But you had all these people who'd been working there for years and years and years. Um, And we actually tried to do very little in the first year what we did was we, we researched both inside the, the business and outside the business. We listened to people, we did our research to find out what were the needs of people today, what um, were the things that were open to these people now, what were their science-based uh, direction of things that were going in the health way. Um, we then went to a, um, Europe to see what was the model uh, over there. It was very much cure, Um, dealing with more older people, arthritic, um, rheumatic, and so on. We then went to America to see what the model was there, and that was either very fitness-focused, like the Golden Door, or it was very beauty-orientated, like Main Chances um, in Arizona or whatever. And we decided we didn't want to follow any of those models. We wanted to create a new model. So we came back after one year and created a completely new model, um, and this was incredibly exciting.
0: And what was the new model? Because it obviously shaped the direction of the company oh, thereafter. Yes.
1: Well, we decided we'd have three very clear objectives. Um, there was an article written about the old-style Japanese um, and the heading, and it was a big national newspaper it was in, and the heading was Starved, Irrigated, and Beaten, but in a Good Course. <laughs> We decided we didn't want to be in the masochist order. (laughs) uh, Could have been fun, though. (laughs) uh, Well, for for a few people who like that kind of thing, maybe. Uh, But we decided we wanted to um, have our three objectives. One was that people should get an immediate benefit um, from their stay according to their own individual-specific needs and aspirations. Now, for some it might be to lose weight, for some to get fitter, for some to um, de-stress, for some to beautify or a combination of those things. Um, But they should feel that it got some immediate benefit um, that uh, they could feel and see. Uh, The second was that they should thoroughly enjoy their visit like a holiday, that it should be a pleasurable experience. And the third, which was to us really important, was that we should teach as well as treat. It isn't what you do in one week or two weeks of the year that really makes a difference. It's what you do in 50 weeks of the year that makes a difference. So we wanted to show people how they could live like their lives a little differently and really get real ongoing benefits. And so it was a take-home value, um, and that's why you needed to show them it could be very pleasurable and enjoyable and give them results. Is that why you started the Chapman's
0: International College
1: of Health and Beauty, Absolutely. to train others? Yes, because obviously delivering. It's fine to have the vision um, and to have the objectives but you've then got to deliver and to deliver you've got to have the people um, that you've got to recruit and select the right people. You've got to induct them properly and you've got to train them well um, and training of course is a huge, huge, important issue. And is the college still going today? It's still going And be. how many people do you train each year? Uh, well I'm not uh, involved in um, the ownership of champions anymore so I don't actually... Um, couldn't tell you exactly we had about 40 students uh, which took a year's courses and very high qualification of SEDESCO.
0: And when you um, started the consultancy management services company uh, you have a very long list of famous clients such as Unilever, Shangri-La Hotels and Resorts, the Oberoi Group and Starwood. Um, So how did you get those clients and did you have a clear growth plan to target these hotels?
1: Um, well, yes and yes and no. Um, we got a lot of these clients through word of mouth because we were leaders in our field of what we were doing. And so we had gained a, um, a, a very good reputation. Um, and so people sought us out, which was a very nice position to be in. Um, but we did... Uh, Realised pretty quickly that um, one of the big opportunities was actually to um, create spas for the big hotel groups um, because we could see this was a great growth opportunity. Um, you probably realise currently the climate is very
0: difficult for many small businesses. Did you ever have problems getting credit and financing when you first started out, or did you not need any? financing.
1: Well, um, when we started our consultancy uh, company, um, we didn't. Um, we had got a bit of money, um, and we um, we didn't have to go for financing. But, of course, when we bought um, Champneys back, um, then we, of course, needed um, financing. And uh, also when we bought um, the sanctuary, so there we were needing to borrow. And I, I assume it was easy in those t- times. Uh, well, nothing is ever easy, and I have to say... Yeah. I mean, doing deals was something that was not my... Alan enjoyed that part of it, but it wasn't my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could go into one meeting at sort of um, 9 o'clock in the morning and come out at 6 o'clock the next morning, mm-hmm. and it was really very wearing trying to get the money in. We should say Alan
0: uh, is our a, a husband who co-founded the company with Tania. So where does this now leave you, Tania? You've said you're, you're going in a new direction because things always evolve and there are
1: opportunities. So yes, um, I mean, what one, are you up to now? One of the things that I found is that um, obviously not having my wonderful darling Alan anymore because he passed away nearly four years ago, that created a new dynamic. Um, plus, of course, the economy at the moment is incredibly difficult and in a lot of countries around the world. Um, and also um, the climate has changed in the spa consultancy business one because there is a lot there are a lot more consultants have started up now Um, and a lot of our projects have been uh, in the Far East and so forth but it doesn't make sense for people to employ me necessarily and my team to go with all the expenses that are involved in the travel over there where they can actually find a consultant that's in the in the region um, so that is another thing that's, that makes it more difficult. Also, um, a lot of the big hotel groups now have in-house spa teams because they've now got a lot of spas in their, their, their operations. Um, so I'm going more into the design element now a bit, uh, more into the interiors and, and the, the design and concept side. And I have some very good people that I'm working with on that. So that's one. That's why I've now downsized in terms of my own team. Um, so I don't have the mouths to feed, I have associates now. And um, that's been wonderful because you, it's working with a new dynamic of people, it's very energizing. Uh, you can find people with other contacts and so forth, and also bringing very, very specific, great expertise to, to be very pertinent to what you need in the business.
0: What I love so much about hearing your story, Tanya, is the way you've evolved and adapted to the situation you find yourself in, both on a personal level but on a business level as well. And it's been really fascinating listening to what you've said about how you've grown from very small business to a multi-international business and now you're going into a different, in a different direction, adapting to the market conditions. Um, finally... Any advice you can give to our listeners on how to maintain a good level of well-being and take the stress out of running a business nowadays?
1: Oh, that is so important. Um, I mean, you do need to focus on your business. You do need to work hard, um, but you also need to have a balance in your life because if you don't, you will dry up and you won't actually be so creative. You won't um, achieve so much in your business. And you've got to be very careful not to... Um, confuse uh, being busy uh, with being effective um, and so it is important to have time out of the office etc. Um, it's important to get some quality sleep, it's important to eat properly, it's important to take some exercise. Personally I like to exercise in the nature um, rather than in the gym but we, we, we all need to find our own way. Um, it is important to actually also develop your sense of humor Um, because if you can laugh at things, that takes the stress out of a lot of things. It makes life a lot more pleasurable. Uh, Relationships are important. Nurture your relationships, because they're wonderful things. Um, They feed back to you um, so much of what you give out to them.
0: On that note, Tanya, thank you very much for sharing some of your thoughts with us, your business experience, and inspiring us to achieve more. Um, I wish you well, and my apologies for mispronouncing we way. (laughs) Uh, But on that note, I'm sure we'll learn a lot from your advice that you've given us to run, take the stress out of our business. Thank you very much indeed.
1: Thank you.